Welcome to the actor and the actuary is where two guys in opposite states talking about our careers, our life in completely two different worlds as we try to figure out what the heck is going on, who we are, what we're doing, and if it means something. Good afternoon, Jeff. Good afternoon. Good evening and good night. Name that movie. Truman Show. Oh, ding, 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 ding. Yeah, you hit on like one of the six movies I've ever seen. <laughs> and name the actor who plays that character. Jim Carrey. Oh, wow. We are firing tonight. Good yeah. job. All, All right. cylinders. Whew. Um, Aaron, big important question coming at you. What are you drinking? What are you drinking? What are you drinking? What are you drinking? Glad you asked. I've got a uh, Oktoberfest here since Ooh. we're kicking off fall. Uh, we're we're recording this here uh, last day of unofficial summer. How about you, Jeff? What you, uh, what, you got, what you got in hand over there? I have something very different tonight. I have a Cabernet. Barrel aged, of course. <laughs> no, this is okay. uh, this is called a Firestone from Paso Robles, oh. uh, which is generally um, where I like my my wines from. Paso. Um, did you know there was a recall on that stuff though? Like it was making big SUVs tip over. Was that a uh, was that a Firestone tires joke, Aaron? That was a Firestone Tires were sued for that, but maybe nobody knows that. Anyway, okay. Firestone. All right. <laughs> Good. Yeah. I don't think anybody got that, but I, I, I'm thankful that you know about the Firestone lawsuits. Yeah. I mean, just go ahead and contact us at the actor and the actuary at gmail.com and let me know uh, whether or not you know what the Firestone thing is. This just in, Jeff. We've got some email. Ooh. Uh, this one's coming to us hot from the boss. The boss. Like a boss. Oh yes, I keep the bank rolling. Like a boss. Oh yeah. It's been this, a one's while. this one's actually for me. Actuary. I have sensed you are embracing fruity drinks. I want to support you in this, as some macho guys are too tough for that. I too like fruity drinks. Keep being you. And if the boss says that, then that's what I got to do. So I'm going to keep being me with my fruity drinks. Aaron, tonight. We got a doozer and uh, we're talking about finances and budgeting. Yeah, that, that sounds exciting. Don't you think? Sounds a little less exciting than you're probably excited about it, but I'm okay to talk about it. All right, let's do it. Uh, I'm going to start with a question over to you, Jeff. Uh, okay. On a scale of one to 10, how close attention do you pay to your budget? If one is you pay no attention at all and never even heard of a budget and 10 is you know, you're marking down every transaction and you know exactly what you've spent in every category at any point during the month. Oh, interesting response because I would, those are like two different things in my opinion, like knowing oh. transactions and budgeting. Like if you're talking about knowing my transactions, nine or 10, if you're talking about budgeting those specific transactions, probably like a three or four. Hmm. Um, but I know where money is spent. I know how it's spent. I know to the details of, you know, what we spend on, but having a strict line of this is what we can allocate towards a specific area, like groceries, et cetera. We don't necessarily define. Yeah. So do you know, like at any point, do you know, Hey, if you're halfway through a month, do you ever keep track of, well, we're, we're, you know, we've spent two thirds of our allocated money. So only one third in the second half of the month. No. Because yeah, okay. we generally have set up a, a pattern or routine to where we know we're not like going crazy. Like we don't just go and eat out randomly 
pregnancy is a little different, but we don't just uh, go and eat out <laughs> randomly, you know, on a weekday, we have a pretty set, like we cook, we make, you know, we, we buy, we do groceries. Like there's a, a pattern that kind of self defines our budget in a sense. Sure. Yeah. So I, I guess my interpretation of that is that you really don't budget. I don't, I, yeah, I don't, I don't like, uh, you know, we have, um, what's called a line producer out here in the film biz who basically, you know, the LPs. Yeah. Yeah. Th- their job is to protect the bottom line, to make sure that you're budgeted, itemize everything. We yep. definitely don't do that. There was yep. a time I think, you know, where that was a little bit more of a necessity. I think right now we're kind of, you know, when you have kids and preparing another one, there's a little bit more of a lax to that, what I would call budget. Have you ever tried using one of those apps that tracks and like, have you ever yeah. like tried said, Hey, you know, this month we are going to track, we're going to track and see what we spend in every category. Yeah. You know, like I that. used, uh, I used the mint, um, mm-hmm. which I still have and I have everything through there. So I kind of can easily track it all, but yeah, it's insane to try and like really go line by line. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't know how people do that. Yeah. What about, Jess what and about- I have tr- we, yeah, we've tried to do that like three or four times. So said like, Hey, this year we are going to keep track of our budget. We just, we can't do it either. We take more of the approach that it sounds like you and Jack take <laughs> of like, Hey, we're not going to overdo it in any area. Yeah. And yeah. Cause like we have our conversations like, Hey, look, you know, let's make sure we're not, you know, miss buying groceries. So we're not throwing out food or let's make sure that we kind of, you know, Jackson does such a good job of like meal prep and planning to like, I'm going to make these, you know, items this week and I'm going to buy specific groceries for those meals so that I know exactly, you know, that that food is being used for something. So, um, that's the kind of planning that we do more of the, Hey, we know what trip we're going to take. Hey, we know what prep we're going to take for food or for, you know, events and things like that. But yeah, doing a full line, uh, we don't really budge like that. Yep. We don't either. Um, okay. Well then second question for you, what about on the savings side? What, uh, do you have, what's your saving strategy? Ooh, good question. Um, we try to keep money in multiple places. Um, you know, I think you'll talk about diversification a little bit, Aaron, because I know that's just the word you want to use, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but like having, you know, a savings account, I, you know, I've already got one set up for my daughter. Um, you know, we've, uh, we've got an account for her directly that we have an auto drop in every single week that kind of just a little bit here, or there, a little bit here, or there for her. Um, and then we have a savings account. That's a, like a higher interest rate account. Um, where we put our savings and then we also, you know, drop into the stock market too. Um, so that's kind of where we're spread through. Okay. Yeah. And on our side, I would say it's, it's mostly, so yeah, most of the monthly savings I do is just through employer paycheck, um, taking, uh, going into the 401k and then there's a match that goes with it too. Um, and so that's how we save most of our money. Um, my pay cycle is a little irregular in that there's a, a one-time bonus that gets paid in, in some years. Hmm. And so our, the, the, what we've decided to do is with that bonus money, um, you know, after giving part of it away, uh, which we can also talk about later, uh, we save pretty much all of it because we just, you know, we just don't plan for it in our annual expenses and that's what Mm -hmm. gets saved. Do you have certain accounts where you're like, this is, 
the low amount we need to have always in this account? Or do we have, or do you have like set, like I'm going to invest a certain amount of money, not more, not less each month, or are you invested in the stock market? Okay. Yeah. So I, you know, you'd probably think that since I'm an actuary, I'm very structured, um, but I, I'm really actually not at all. Uh, I don't have a set amount that I like to invest every month. I don't have a set amount I need to keep in, in any account or anything like that. Basically, we have one, one checking account mm-hmm. and I'll monitor that to make sure it doesn't get too high or too low. And then if that ever gets too high, then I'll toss them over into like what you said, a higher interest rate savings account. Yep. like an emergency fund type of thing. And if, when that gets too high, then I'll throw it into like a more of a stock market type of account. Yep. Um, so I, it's not like a set amount, which I could probably, if I set better goals, I might be able to, you know, save a little bit more, but that's just not really the way I like to do life a lot of times. So I'm probably not going to do it. <laughs> but we're, we're very similar in that. That's, there's an ongoing, you know, that higher interest account where we are like, Hey, let's try not to be below this in my mind. Let's not, not be over this because I could, you know, pull in a higher gain in terms of, you know, the long run, which I'm all about in terms of stocks, but a long run in, you know, dumping in money into, into that account and that investment account. So I, I think I'm in a similar boat. I, I monitor that checking account and that checking account is just mi- literally the spending account, right? There's no point in leaving excess amount in that account. I'm not gaining real interest on it. I, it is literally to pay the bills out and I'm dropping in and out of that account all the time. And that one, you, as long as you're keeping track of that one relatively frequently, you know, if you're staying on budget and you know, you know what your next actions are, if you need to add more to the account or transfer some out or, or what have you. So uh, do you have any uh, Dogecoin, Jeff? <laughs> Why did I tell you about that? No. That's so funny. Uh, yeah, so I, I do I do dabble in crypto a little. Oh. Uh, it's actually just been recent. I was talking with my brother-in-law who still needs to report in with a moniker, and I know that he has uh, listened to this podcast. So um, calling you out, bro-in-law. Uh, number two, oh. my no, number two, because the first one's already got moniker. Okay. Um, yeah, right. So, so, um, but yeah, I've talked, uh, he, he kind of helped me get into, you know, a certain strategy in terms of a percentage of your investment total into crypto, because it, it really is in essence, a gamble of sorts. Mm. Um, but yeah, I did, I put in a, a small portion um, in, in the crypto market, I bought into Doge. I bought into Litecoin and uh, Ethereum. I think it's called Ethereum Classic. Um, and so I kind of have used that in a sense, a little bit like day trading, um, because it's so much like an up and down that I'm putting in and pulling out, putting in and just trying to day trade that. <laughs> Do you get crypto? Do I understand it? Do you understand the price fluctuations that go with it? Not, no, no. Do you? No, no, I I don't. I, I, you know, I think I pride myself on being a laggard to new technology and things like that. So I'm just, I'm going to stay away from, you know, from the whole crypto stuff. Cause I, to me, it's like this, this is worthless. Somebody just thinks it's worth something. I guess that's the way everything is like, you know, art and collectibles. You know, we, we should, you should talk to the, you should talk to the boss a little bit about it. Like a boss. Oh yes, I keep the bank rolling. Like a boss. Uh, He does know some. 
Yeah, I'll talk to the boss. The boss always knows. Okay, so in terms of you're you're pretty diversified, right? You are in the stock market. You said that. Yep. Yeah, I tend to go with a lot of the uh, ETFs, um, other similar low expense funds. Um, yeah, that's that's. I think that's a lot of people's strategy: just minimize fees. But going a lot of broad based funds like that. Can you explain? I actually don't know what you're talking about. Can you talk about that? Oh yeah, an exchange traded fund is. Uh, it's kind of like a mutual fund. Um, a mutual fund is a mix of of stocks and securities that are handpicked. And so you can like just invest into this fund, which has a diverse selection of all these different securities. Uh, the problem with mutual funds is usually the expenses are pretty high. So like they can be easily over a percent, meaning for every $100 you invest, you actually have to pay a dollar every year in, in fees. So there are these other things, which are ETFs, which nobody actually manages them. They're just some sort of like, for example, there's an S&P 500 mm-hmm. ETF and that mm-hmm. just has, it's just allocated, you know, to all the different indices in the S&P 500. Mm-hmm. And so you're paying very low. You're paying like, I don't know, like two basis points, sometimes zero basis points, which is that's, a basis point is one one hundredth of one percent. So instead of a dollar, you're paying you know a penny, or you're paying five cents on a hundred dollars. So anyway, the theory is that if you don't think that these people that actively manage these funds are going to outperform the market, then you may as well just choose an ETF because you're going to get the same thing at a lower expense. I'm looking at S and P five hundred, and I'm looking at you know a year ago today uh, a stock price of thirty three hundred dollars. Yep. And I'm looking at today a stock price of $4,500. Yep. So for every $3,300, you gained $1,200. Yep. So if you put in $20,000, yep. you're, you're making... <laughs> you picked a weird number. You're probably up to like $27,000. Like it seemed like a 35% gain or so, if I did my mental math right. <sighs> and so uh, my question then is why... You're just trusting somebody else to do a better job than you. If yeah, well, if you if you go with a mutual fund, you are you're paying for the expertise of the people picking the stocks, and you're saying, I think that these people can get at least a you know whatever the fee is, one percent better return than if I just invested in the entire stock market. So I pick my own individual stocks. Well, there's nothing wrong with that unless you spend a lot of time researching. You're not going to have the same diversification. You'll be very, you'll be overly exposed to certain companies, you know, should something happen. Assuming that I'm only picking a few at a time is what you mean. Assuming you're picking like, I don't know, 50 or less. So, I mean, you know, there's your risk and and, uh, reward are going to vary between that. You know, if you go into, you know, obviously if you invested in Amazon in uh, 1999, um, you invested a dollar in there. I don't have the numbers in front of me. That'd be a a handy thing to have right here. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, if you invested a dollar, then you'd, yeah, you'd obviously be doing much better than the total stock market, but you took a lot of risk because Amazon could have just as easily gone bankrupt or, you know? Uh, So yeah, so that's, it's a different risk return. And um, maybe the one thing with diversification is the, the law of large numbers in math, you know, which, basically says the, the larger amount of sample you have, you are going to minimize volatility. For sure. um, and so that's the, the point of diversification and, and balancing out where you, uh, where you invest. Um, okay, good. Where does giving fit in for you guys? Uh, yeah, for us, it's, it's always the first thing um, that 
that comes out, I think. Generally, there's a certain percentage that, you know, I'm eventually trying to get to by the end of the year. So I guess that's in, in, in the way of budget. Um, and we like to just like, we, we like to not have a hundred percent of our giving decided at the beginning of the year. We like to go through the year and see where, where are people in need? Um, where are places that I can be, that I can love others, that I can serve others um, through, uh, through donating. Um, so yeah, we don't, plan it all out at the beginning of the year, but there's a certain dollar amount or percentage that we're hoping to get to at the end of the year. And then, you know, always just what, what's the need at, it can go higher or lower than that, but we do kind Mm -hmm. of have a place in our mind at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, yeah, I think similar, uh, it's funny talking about finances, you find that there's people probably doing a little bit more of the same thing along the way, but, you know, giving is a huge thing for us, uh, in terms of just tithing for our church in terms of, um, giving out a, a percentage, um, of our income and not letting it be below that, you know, and, and to make sure, and I don't know for, uh, for us, we, you know, we make sure that we're giving on top of, um, uh, pre-tax income, uh, for just, you know, I think it's important to give before anything's been taken out. Um, but we also, follow you, you mean, that. if you mean, if you're striving to get like a, a certain percentage or something, correct. Is that, is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And we like, you know, we try to, I think we talked about this in, in another episode too, but we, you know, we try to, to listen to God's leading too. And so, you know, I, as a, as somebody who, who does the taxes every year, I'm in my head saying like, Oh yeah, you know, we should, we should donate to a 501 C3. So you get the uh, tax write off. Hmm. Uh, but, uh, you know, there have been times that we, you know, feel led to pay for someone's meal in a restaurant or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, something that you can't write off to. Uh, right. so I don't think for us, we don't take this a very strict view of what is a donation. It's just something that you're, you're giving away to somebody else that, it isn't going to help you in any way, basically. Yeah. And that's a good point. Like the spirit led giving is something that it's, that's part of the, it's not calculable, right? Like you just, you are following what you're supposed to do when you're supposed to do it. You know, and this is part of who I am as a person, I think, but when it, for me, when it comes to finances, you know, whether we're talking budget or savings or investing or giving, uh, it's not going any too extreme in one direction. Um, but it's balancing. Hey, you know, I know I need a budget. I don't think I need to track every, every expense. And right. you know, I, I know that I, I need to save. I, I don't know that I need to set some really high goal at the beginning of the year. Um, like I said, maybe I should, but that's, <laughs> that's well, I also think that, you know, you're talking about, there's usually someone leading the, the oversight of the income and the money and all of that. And I think that sometimes that creates a little bit of a micromanage of that asset to your partner. If you're not open with them and saying, yeah, look, you trust me to run the finances, but I also trust you not to like, just go crazy and spend all the money. And so there's like that conversation that has to happen to where it's okay. Yeah. You're going to go shopping and okay. Well, we didn't really necessarily, you know, plan for an extra four or $500 out this month on clothes or what have you, or buying, you know, something for the new baby room or whatever. But at the same time, there's trust there that like, okay, but I know that this is, needed, you know, in the long run, or I know that there's, 
um, something in this spending that I probably wouldn't value that I know that is probably more important than I'm valuing it. So that's why she's buying it. So like there's that constant give and take in terms of how finances are done, I think for us. All right. So that makes me want to ask you a question. What is something that you spend more money on than most people or is more important to you than, and so you would spend more money on it than others? such a stage of life thing, you know, like now personally, it's probably like home makeover stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so funny. Cause I don't, I don't really spend money outside of like big things like that, like travel or house remodel or needs for our family, or I don't know, I, it would probably just be like house stuff. I, I like to know that I'm spending money where I'm most likely getting money back. So if I'm wisely investing into my house and home value, then I'm technically not spending as much as I actually am because I'm getting more back on resale. Yeah, no, that makes sense. It's, yeah, for me, it's the other one you listed. It's travel and uh, maybe experiences in general, which I know is a very millennial thing, but that's okay. Uh, but yeah, I, like I will throw all kinds of money at going to fun destinations and doing cool things and stuff like that. Whereas like I put myself at the grocery store, like deciding between two different brands. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, well, yeah. I'll choose the cheap one, but then I have yeah. no problem, you know, well, yeah, we have to spend $500 on a plane ticket. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay. Could have brought, could have got a lot of the fancy brands of peanut butter, you know, with that trip. So. Yeah. 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 And so, and exactly like I, normally wouldn't have done that type of shopping in the grocery store, but I've uh, married Jack and I've trusted Jack with our eating and she buys very healthy, everything organic, and it's more expensive. But something that I wouldn't have spent money on is benefiting me because we eat really healthy. And that's because she spends money on organic food. And I'm okay with that because there's trust there. You know, like, I feel like that's a good example of something that within our household that I wouldn't normally do. Have I mentioned that our wives would get along? Yeah, I know. (laughs) I know they would. Yes. The peanut butter is hypothetical. I I would never come home with a, you know, with a jar of uh, Jiffy. uh, Yeah. Jiffy or (laughs) no, Jiff, Jiff. It's Jiff, Jiff, right? Some say Uh, Giff. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, that, that lots of preservatives. Yeah, there are, yeah, for sure, more preservatives. Yeah, that, that the whole conversation can't even, can't even have yeah. with if I came home with GIF, I'd be <laughs> screwed. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, if I mean, if you go to a fancy enough grocery store, you can find multiple brands of oh, organic sure. peanut butter. Trust so. me, we know where all of the fancy grocery stores here. We went to Calabasas, which is a 45 minute drive today, just for one. That means um, pumpkins in Spanish. Calabasas? Yeah. Que te pasa, calabaza? <laughs> nada, nada, limonada. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, so you went over to pumpkins. Yeah, that yeah. sounds like a fancy place. David Pumpkins. <laughs> no? Okay. No, no idea. Uh, well, uh, Jeff, I'd like to leave you with a quote from my dad. Uh, my dad uh, once coined the, the, this phrase, um, sometimes you just got to blow the cash. So, you know, with all the budgeting that you're doing, 
it's okay to have a little fun sometimes. Uh, you know, sometimes you just got to blow the cash. So I, make sure I, you say that before every expensive purchase. I, it's so funny. I got to, I got to follow that up with also a quote from my dad, um, <laughs> which is something he said our entire life growing up, which I think maybe there's part of that understanding and freedom in the way we spend and save. My dad always said, it ain't going to break the bank. Yep. Yeah, that's kind of like the same thing. Very similar. Yeah. <laughs> that's really funny. Nice. Uh, all right. So, uh, listeners, if you've got uh, if you've got any ideas for us, let us know. You know our email address at this point. Uh, but yeah, Jeff, thanks for talking finances. Yeah, thanks for uh, talking finances, Aaron. It was a lot of fun. Yep. Go and uh, invest in that Dogecoin. <laughs>